Good evening and welcome to Greg Kelly Reports. I'm Michael Grimm, in for the great Greg Kelly tonight. Now, before the show, I sent out a social media post stating that former President Donald Trump was responsible for the border crisis. Now, don't just take my word for it. Just ask Joe Biden. The only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. It's time for Republicans in the Congress to show a little courage, to show a little spine. Actually, in a strange, you know, strange way, Biden's correct. It is Trump's fault, isn't it? Well, <laughs> before you lose it and start breaking your television and smart devices, just indulge me a minute, just enough to explain. You see, in 2016, Donald Trump garnered more of the black vote than any other Republican in history. But more importantly, he planted seeds that have only continued to grow. He told black and Hispanic voters alike that they were being used for the last 60 or 70 years by the Democrats and that things really couldn't get any worse. So why not give him a try? Homicides are up nearly 50% in Washington, D.C. and more than 60% in Baltimore. And it's getting worse. So to the African-American community and to the Hispanic community and voters, I say, what do you have to lose? Vote for Donald Trump. I will fix it. I will fix it. Donald Trump was right. He promised economic opportunity, better education, and safer communities as his approach to providing a hand up, not a handout. He, he talked to these impoverished and struggling communities in almost every blue city in America. Trump teamed up with smart conservatives like Senator Tim Scott and invested tens of millions of dollars in embattled in neighborhoods, calling them opportunity zones. And then he topped it off with an economy that proved to have the highest wage increases among blacks, Latinos, and women in our nation's history. Now, some polls have recently shown Trump's increased his support with African-American electorate by as much as 20 percent more. In some states, he's leading among Latinos. So you see, therein lies the problem, and hence, the blame. Trump gave minority voters hope and a real path through investment in education to succeed on their own merits and to take a good look at the past 70 years of broken promises and failed policies by the Democrats. Folks, the genie was out of the bottle. And while former President Obama and his cronies originally planned to use sleepy Joe Biden to get back the minority votes, after his 2020 campaign, they realized they couldn't earn them back when Joe Biden was out ruining their chances by saying things like this. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. The Democrats realized they couldn't put the genie back in the bottle. They couldn't recapture the black and Hispanic voter base, at least at the levels they once enjoyed. So they simply decided to go out and find a new electorate. Under President Donald Trump's leadership, Republicans continue to eat away at the Democrats' election margins with minorities, especially young black men and legal Hispanic immigrants who've been working their tails off for years and barely are building their way towards the American dream. The answer to this quandary was obvious to the Dems. Have Joe Biden open the border 
and just let anyone in. Come one, come all. Let millions invade our country as rapidly and harshly as possible. Ensure they get used to government handouts. And then, when it becomes utterly untenable, Democrats bank on weak Republicans passing amnesty as a last resort to finally closing the border. The plan is simple. Everything you see, from Biden's encouragements to the surge at the border, from Mayorkas' agenda of non-enforcement to these blue state policies of handouts and de facto amnesty. This is all simply to answer, is the answer to Trump's success. Now that the illegals are here, it goes to the next phase, getting them used to being dependent on the government for everything. It's basically welfare without the paperwork. Over the last few days, we're seeing increasingly absurd headlines about Democrats in they're just openly stealing your taxpayer dollars. Last week, it was the state of Illinois giving $250 million in taxpayer money to illegal migrants for health care and a plethora of other benefits. Now, of course, native Illinoisans could only dream of handouts like these. With homelessness and crime making Chicago uninhabitable, schools, especially in black communities, underfunded and failing, and hundreds of thousands of people fleeing the state's crazy high taxes and the third world living conditions. This comes on top, by the way, of another 600 million, million Illinois spent on welcoming, sheltering, and just generally encouraging illegals over the last couple of years. And that's just the money and the benefits that we know about. Then we see the news that New York is changing the rules to make some 17,000 illegals eligible, listen to this, for direct cash payments. That's not health care. It's not food stamps. Not a warm bed to sleep in at night. Just straight up direct cash handouts. Have the corrupt, self-absorbent Democrats running New York walk the streets of Manhattan at night? Or even during the day, for that matter. Has anyone bothered to ask the countless homeless veterans how they feel about this brilliant idea? Not to mention, this is just the latest in-your-face stunt they've pulled like this. It's just a constant buildup to get what they really want, votes, which really means keeping power. It started with allowing illegal immigrants to hold positions in, local in law enforcement, in our own police departments. Among the new laws, one allowing non-citizens to become police officers in Illinois. The qualifications to become a police officer here in California. Now anyone who can legally work in the state under federal law can become a police officer. And then Senator Durbin posed the question, well, if, what if we let them serve in the military? Do you know what the recruiting numbers are at the Army and the Navy and the Air Force? They can't reach their quotas each month. They can't find enough people to join our military forces. And there are those who are undocumented who want the chance to serve and risk their lives for this country. Should we give them a chance? I think we should. And then the cherry on top, the end result, votes. Last year, we saw the first attempt of it among blue cities, putting their plan into action to secure more votes by allowing illegal immigrants to vote in local elections. That's right, to vote in local elections. Like I said, they couldn't win back minority voters with good policies, so they just found new ones with illegal migrants. It will give some 800,000 non-citizens the right to vote in local elections. Under the new measure, green card holders and those with work permits would be able to vote for things like mayor or city council seats. 
This rot comes, and I, and I mean rotten, it's coming straight from the top of the Democrat Party in Washington. It's not a bug or a glitch. It's a main feature of their plan. It's all part of a strategy to compensate for all the votes that the Democrat Party and Joe Biden squandered away. The very same Democrat base that is turning to Trump, who promises, who is promising them a brighter future, that they know they, that he can deliver on. And again, the genie's out of the bottle. The only person who's serious about this threat, this invasion, is President Trump. And I dare say that explains the inexplicably ruthless, manic effort to stop him from returning to the White House. Donald Trump is the only one that understands how to actually stop this madness. This is why they've done everything in their power to jail him, bankrupt him, ban him from the ballot. He's all that seems to be standing in the way of this diabolical plan and the only one willing and able to stand up against it. With all that said, the momentum continues to rise with Trump, and he will, he will not stop fighting for America. So let's bring in Rick Gates, former Trump campaign aide and author of Wicked Game, an insider's story on how Trump won, Mueller failed, and America lost, along with longtime advisor for President Trump and former executive director of the National Diversity Coalition for Trump, Bruce Lavelle. Welcome to both of you, gentlemen. Appreciate you being here with me tonight. Rick, I want to jump right in with you. We've all seen the polls. Joe Biden's support is falling just about every direction. In another new poll, we see Trump up 45% to Joe Biden's 34. But you see Democrats now flocking to the fake news to try and bolster his support. I'm a believer in President Biden because I believe he is a good moral person that has the backs of the people of this country. And just the examples I cited is time and time again, people have sided with that over election deniers and the like. So I am proud to be supporting Joe Biden for president. Rick, I'll start with you there. Do you think Democrats or anyone is buying this? The people, I mean, the hard partisans forget the hard partisans. But those in the middle, those that are somewhat reasonable and are watching right with their own eyes, what do you think? Michael, you said it in your monologue, this is about power. So the Democrats will do anything and everything that they need to do to win, whether it's Joe Biden or another individual that's uh, running for the Democratic nomination. Right now, the Democrats are focused not on talking about all the things they've done right, but blaming the Republicans for all the things that are going wrong. When the majority of people in America, and you see it in those voting demographics, Biden and the Democrats are losing with the blacks, with the Latinos, and even the young voters in this country, which is an abnormality for, for any you know, presidential election year. So I think as we watch things continue unfold, you're going to see the Democrats uh, needing to make a really difficult decision. Do they get rid of Joe Biden before the convention, during the convention, or do they try to wait and see what happens after the convention? That convention is going to be a key marker in what the Democrats decide to do. But every Democrat, and, and this is not covered very often, there's a lot of infighting going on with the Democratic Party right now about what to right. do with Joe Biden because they are afraid, and they underestimated Trump once in 2016. They are afraid of doing that again, and Joe Biden cannot beat Donald Trump. All right, Bruce, let me come over to you. You know, the Democrats used to bank on having overwhelming support from the black community. But it doesn't seem like that it's going to go that way this year. What, you know, Biden supports down, I think, 32 percent since he got inaugurated. So what does Trump need to do to really capitalize on this momentum? Well, thanks for having me. Well, just keep doing what he was doing, you know, pretty much asking for the vote, looking directly at the American people, especially black Americans, and saying, hey, 
Look at your cities. Look what you've been voting for. Look at the power structure in most of these uh, urban cities, especially around the country, have been under Democrat rule for under 40, 50, 60 years. Do you like what you see? If you don't, give us a chance. So that momentum, thank God, is is going tremendously right now because, as you said earlier in, in your monologue, you know President Trump has the highest black voter turnout since Nixon and Lincoln, and has and and is on quote on path to shatter the record of all time um, in this 2024 election here in November. So listen, all he has to do is keep doing what he's doing, speak directly to the American people, especially black Americans. Be very aggressive on running the contrast, as we say earlier in your monologue, right. how uh, Biden is trying to flood the borders and, and recruit new voters. <laughs> and you see a lot of cities where their uh, cities are voting to let illegal immigrants to vote in our election processes, well, which you would think that's just some kind of dream. So that's what they're kind of banking on. But the, in light of this, uh, I, have, I have families that live in Chicago as well as Cook County who are noticing that legal immigrants are coming in, going into their schools and their children are being pushed to the side. Exactly. So this is happening in New York and a lot of the cities and Newsmax viewers, this is an all hands on deck, whether you like President Trump or you dislike, if we don't get a hold of our great republic, there'll be nothing for none of us. So this is very serious business out here. Let me just switch over, Rick, very quickly. Uh, take a listen to what Nikki Haley had to say the other night about the 24 uh, Biden-Trump rematch. Take a listen. The whole reason I'm running is because I don't think Joe Biden should be president. And neither do 70 percent of Americans. 70 percent of Americans don't want to see Trump or Biden. Fifty nine percent of Americans think Joe Biden's too old and think Donald Trump's too old. We need someone who can put in eight years of hard work, not making it about themselves, but making it about the American people. That's the focus that we need to have. Very quickly, in about a minute, what's, uh, what do you say about her hypothesis? Well, look, I think that uh, desperate times require desperate measures for Nikki Haley, and this is what she's campaigning on. What she's been unable to do is connect with voters uh, because her talking point is not a bad one. We do want, uh, you know, vibrance in our candidates. We want, uh, you know, uh, people that can, you know, talk uh, cognitively and, and, and work on those things. But she's not the one that's been able to reach those voters. Donald Trump's support has been out the charts. I mean, this is he's hit historical highs across the board. So Nikki's got to come up with a new message because this one's just not going to work for her. Yeah, I agree with it. Ten seconds. Bruce, wrap it up for us. Sorry, got no, no time left. Yeah, and to Rick's point, she's like, you know, I, I know what it is. All the political consultants are buzzing in the ear. Just hang in there, hang in there. Something's got to stick. Something's got to stick. There's going to be some light at the tunnel here. So that's Thank essentially you. why she. I would bet that she's trying to hold on. But, you know, it, there's no energy there. There's no winning for any other states coming up. So it's just a matter of time uh, before she hopefully comes into realization and drop out and get behind President Trump. And let's get this thing over the finish line in November. Got to leave it there. Rick Gates, Bruce Lavelle, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, Good thanks, Rick. And coming up, the story isn't over in New York. Trump is set to fight back with a potential appeal against anger on civil fraud trial ruling. We'll explain what this will mean and more with our legal experts after the break. The New York judge in Trump's civil fraud case came down with a whopping ruling Friday evening, ordering the former president to pay over $355 million. Yeah, Judge Angeron trying to be a, a bit of a tough guy, saying that New York means business in combating business fraud. <laughs> 
You know, I got to tell you something. As an FBI agent, I specialized in fraud, had many, many cases. Never once did I have a case without any victims. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, and ended up jumping from one sham trial to another. We had all our popcorn out. You know, we were ready and lined up to see Fulton County DA's testimony last week as she admitted to her romantic relations with appointed prosecutor in the case against Trump, Nathan Wade. How this is going to affect Trump's trial down in Georgia? I don't know, but let's bring in our legal experts, Trump attorneys Will Scharf and Jesse Benal. Good evening, counselors. Thank you so much for joining us on Greg Kelly Reports. I'm going to start right with you, Will. Trump is set to appeal, obviously. Um, do you think this is going to be something that the appeals court is going to resolve in Trump's favor? Yeah, look, I think there are numerous grounds for appeal. Uh, Judge, Judge Engeron's uh, ruling is replete with reversible error. The whole trial was replete with reversible error. It's important to note that the New York Appellate Division has twice on interlocutory issues uh, overruled Judge Engeron in this very case. So I think that this case, the ruling is going to be heavily scrutinized. Uh, I think our team is going to exercise all the options we have available to us uh, under New York law. And I don't think this is the last word in this fake fraud trial against President Trump. Yeah, Jesse, Michael Cohen, of all people, went on MSNBC uh, when the ruling came down. Just listen to his take on it. I think the ruling was just and fair. I think Judge Ngoron lays out everything in this 90-plus page decision, especially on page 41, which references me in the fact that I told the truth. That was something that Donald and Alina Haba, Chris Kais, as well as Cliff Robert, his attorneys, wanted to try desperately to do, and that would be to discredit me, to mm -hmm. impugn my credibility, in hopes that, obviously, this decision would not be where it is. I actually thought the amount would be and should be higher, but I defer to Judge Ngoron. That is just rich. It, it was fair. It was just. And by the way, he's the most credible witness in history, right? <laughs> is that where we are, Jesse? Yeah. The, a, a admitted perjurer was uh, the one of the witnesses that Judge Engeron had to rely on in order to uh, make the decision that he made. You know, we have a real crisis in this country right now of uh, of judicial credibility. Um, and it's not going to change until you get judges like like Judge Anger on that. Remember, when they put on that black robe, they're supposed to lead their individual personality, their individual uh, uh, political uh, opinions and agendas uh, aside. They're, they're supposed to leave that behind. And they're supposed to go out there and do justice and apply the law. And that doesn't happen when you have a judge that, you know, puts in high school alumni newsletters that um, he's he's the judge in the Donald Trump case, making it very, very clear that, that he wants to stick it to Donald Trump. Um, you know, the, the guy that was up there mugging for the cameras on the first day of, of trial, you know, looking right. for his 15 minutes. It's very, very sad what's happened in this case. Yeah, you know, I think it's very, very sad for the American justice system overall. I've been saying over and over again, this is much bigger than Donald Trump. This is the, you know, destruction of our legal justice system. But, uh, you know, they don't seem to care. Will, I want to shift a little bit now with, with all this uh, going on in the media. I want to refresh everyone's memory of last week's testimony of Forney Willis's best moments. I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. 
These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. I didn't give him money in a contract, so that was cute, but I didn't give him money outside, uh, in a contract. What happened is, no, we're going to answer it since you said it. Don't be cute with me and then think that you're not going to get an answer. When you got cash to pay him back on these trips, would you go to the ATM? No, lady. So the cash that you gave him, that could have been used to pay this tax lien off? You're going to tell me how to pay my bills? I'm not going to emasculate a black man. Did you understand that? Wow. I mean, I've never seen that much attitude on the witness stand. I've never even heard of a witness objecting. But uh, how is this whole thing going to impact Trump's Georgia case, if at all? Yeah, look, Bonnie Willis kept shouting that she's not on trial. If she keeps going this way, she's going to be on trial real soon, whether it's federal honest services fraud, federal bribery, wire fraud. I mean, she basically admitted to numerous federal felonies while on the stand, which is just an incredible sideshow. Uh, but at the end of the day, it really just goes to show that this whole prosecution of President Trump and his co-defendants was politically motivated from the start. It was corrupted from the start by the fact that she hired her secret lover, uh, you know, to the tune of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars to bring this case. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing reeks, and I'm hopeful that the justice system in Georgia uh, will ultimately vindicate the rights of President Trump and his defendants uh, to not be subject to this sort of outrageous political prosecution. Outrageous, exactly right. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, so we're going to have to leave it there. Will, Jesse, thank you so much for being with us. I do appreciate it. Now, from HERS damning report on Biden's classified documents to Bobolinsky's testimony, our president sure is sinking, and the forecast for 2024 isn't looking too good. We'll talk about that right after the break. I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At, and a, at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe, that night, we discussed the Biden's history, the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. On numerous occasions, it was made clear to me that Joe Biden's involvement was not to be mentioned in writing, but only face to face. Hunter Biden's former business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, I'm sure that's someone you're probably familiar with by now. He's spoken out about the situation back in 2020, and he's back again for more. Bobolinsky testified just last week to further expose the Biden family corruption. From my direct personal experience and what I've sub subsequently come to learn, it is clear to me that Joe Biden was the brand being sold by the Biden family. That's a quote. It's safe to say that Biden, the Biden boat is very much sinking. What will this mean for his 2024 campaign run? Joining us is former U.S. Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker. Good evening, um, Attorney General Whitaker. It's great to see you. As always, I want to just jump right in. Uh, we're, getting, we're getting back to Bobolinsky's testimony. He states Joe Biden was more than a participant in and the beneficiary of his family business. He was an enabler, despite being buffered by a complex scheme to maintain plausible deniability. So he's spoken up time again, you know, and this comes with multiple waves of damning evidence. So in your opinion, what does it mean for Biden during the election season? Well, it's big trouble, as you know, Michael. I mean, one of the things that I think everyone needs to understand about this case is that Tony Bobolinsky has been brutally honest, as have many other 
people that partnered with Hunter Biden. And all of them have said that essentially Hunter and Jim Biden, the brother and the son, were selling access to Joe Biden, were selling Joe Biden's, um, you know, whole brand. And that was what they were doing. And remember, this is a very limited time between when he was done being vice president and when he was running for president. I think it's bigger than that. And I think Tony Bobulinski obviously uh, allows uh, that picture to be painted more broadly. But it, it is necessary that Hunter and Jim Biden both come in and be honest and truthful and not try to obfuscate or otherwise minimize how serious the situation is. Yeah, well, I agree with you there. And again, you know, turning on to my FBI hat, I never had an investigation where we had so many witnesses come forward. And then when you see all those LLCs, you know, my antennas go way up because it has the hallmarks of uh, a, a scheme to defraud. But that's, again, just my opinion there. But I want to shift. Uh, the moment her dropped that amazing report on Biden, the left started with all these new talking, talking points. Just take a listen. Again, as Mr. Her who was a Trump-appointed United States attorney who spoke from the podium in the Trump administration, in the Trump White House. This is a partisan attack. They think this is a Trump-appointed special prosecutor who couldn't find any evidence of actual criminality and so decided to go to the kind of court of public opinion instead. Rob Herr, who is a lifelong Republican and was a appointee in the Trump Justice Department. Special counsel was Trump appointed uh, and that he is not a doctor, he is a lawyer, and that the things that the special counsel have written about Biden's mental capacity, he doesn't actually have the authority to say. <laughs> it's just more the same. I mean, it's a Trump appointee and he's not a doctor, so he should just shut up. Well, and remember, it's the, they're trying to hide what really happened here is that somebody said the quiet part out loud that Joe Biden has diminished abilities and mental faculties. And, you know, you know, Rob Herr, I worked with him at the Department of Justice in the Trump administration. Uh, I would not call him a MAGA Republican. I would call him a uh, oftentimes, you know, serious federal prosecutor. And he made observations. And obviously he had to make the judgment calls to whether or not to bring charges against a sitting president. And he said, even in spite of DOJ's policy, that he wouldn't bring those charges. But you know why, Michael? It's because Joe Biden would be a sympathetic defendant because of his um, reduced mental uh, abilities, including his memory. And, you know, and he outlined several reasons uh, that would examples of that reduced ability to remember things. And that's concerning. That's the president of the United States. Yeah, that's what scares me. This is the president of the United States. And although we see it, we're patriots. What about our enemies that are watching that? Let me shift back. Uh, Politico isn't holding, they're not holding back on, on the Biden family. Uh, they're exposing the White House, all of this. Jim Biden used the power of the Biden name in his work with the company AmeriCorps. But since that, it's gone bankrupt. Not the first time Jim Biden's been caught. Uh, he's set to testify on Wednesday. How do you think that's going to go? Well, I mean, it's just another brick in the wall of a pretty compelling case as to how the Biden family um, has had a hard time, except for their political connections, actually being successful in private business. It's why so often 
uh, you know, people do want like a Donald Trump to be in charge because he has private sector experience. He signed the front of a paycheck. He knows how business works in America. And the Biden family, uh, except for their graft on Joe Biden's uh, political career over 40 years, they really haven't done much to earn a living. Yeah, I think that's exactly the case. I mean, they've done a very good job of using the Biden name, that's for sure. And they've done it for many years, but we're going to have to leave it there. As always, Attorney General Matt Whitaker, appreciate having you on. Hey, thanks, Michael. Good to be with you. As the two-year anniversary of Russia's attack on Ukraine nears, Biden puts the blame on Republicans for the ongoing war between the two countries. We'll bring in our foreign policy panel after the break to react. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. In a few days, the world's going to mark two years since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And unfortunately, there, there's no end in sight. Russia did, ha did have one victory against top Russian opposition leader, though, Ale Alexei Navalny who was found dead Friday after taking a walk in the Arctic Circle prison uh, where he was serving a mere 20-year sentence. President Biden was quick to blame the GOP for Navalny's passing, hinting that the fall of Ukraine was because of Republicans' failure in Congress. Take a listen to this. I wouldn't use that term. They're making a big mistake not responding. Look, the way they're walking away from the threat of Russia, the way they're walking away from NATO, the way they're walking away from meeting our obligations, is, is, is just shocking. I've been for a while. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, well, you know, that's the Biden blame game. But let's bring in the president of the London Center for Policy Research, Colonel Tony Schaefer and former Trump deputy national security advisor, KT McFarlane. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for being with hey, us. Michael. Colonel, Thanks. I'll jump right in. What are your thoughts on Biden blaming Republicans? I mean, is, is this uh, in some way Congress's fault and I missed it? I think it's his reflex, right? Every time he screws something up, it's always a Republican's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. It's never his fault. But, you know, as his own... Director of Central Intelligence and, and um, Defense Secretary said in the Obama administration, you know that Joe Biden, he's been wrong on every foreign policy issue for the last 40 years. And I think his presidency has shown for the last three that he's just as wrong as he has been for the last 40 years. The tragedy is that now it has real consequences because yeah. we're sleepwalking our way into a war in the Middle East. We've got a situation with Russia where we have made Russia rich because of oil. We have let Russia have the money and the resources to pursue an invasion and a continuing war in Ukraine. And yet but Joe Biden, he's just not going to solve the problem. He's just going to blame somebody else. Yep, that's exactly right. And, uh, Colonel, the left is yeah. still panicked over Trump's tough words for NATO last week. Here's what Hillary Clinton had to say about it. And why is Donald Trump so enamored of Putin? Well, part of it is he's a wannabe dictator. He has told us that repeatedly. He even said the other day, let's uh, basically get out of NATO and, you know, encourage Putin to do what he wants to do. How absurd a statement that is cannot even be, you know, measured um, because you are essentially giving a green light to a murderous, brutal dictator. 
I don't even know what to say, Colonel. I mean, I, I, let me ask you this. You know, I'm going to switch my yeah. question. Is it better for the leaders to instill fear like Trump can do or to appease our enemies like Joe Biden has been doing? The last time, Michael, Trump said something about NATO not pulling it, its own weight, they started pulling their own weight. Uh, and yeah, I'm sorry, uh, Ms. Clinton is badly informed. What the president, former president said is that uh, NATO needs to get its act together. Right now, because of the failed Biden policies regarding Ukraine, NATO's given everything to the Ukrainians. We're not postured to actually do anything against Russia. So imagine this, if you will, Michael. During the Cold War, we had multiple armies, Germany, uh, France, uh, you know, uh, England, all with massive numbers of, of people in uniform and ready to go. That no longer exists. So the idea of deterring Russia, if that's your stated goal, which Biden administration keeps saying, NATO's not ready. And the more they had their nice little soirees like they did over the weekend in Munich, uh, everybody got drunk. They were basically right. getting drunk to defeat Putin. Think about that as, a, as an optic. Uh, this is complete virtue signaling that absolutely will do nothing to deter Putin or Russia. So it's not about actually Trump wanting to be anything but a strong leader and pointing out if we don't get our act together, most definitely the Russians will see a path to do more. And that's what he's trying to say that the, the NATO folks must get their act together to prevent. All right, KT. President Trump kept our foreign adversaries in line from what I remember, and he held them accountable. You know, the fake news media even agreed saying that the possibility of a Trump win could scare many of the European leaders. Uh, leaders, listen to this. The idea of Trump return potentially imminent, how that loomed over the gathering in Munich, how, how those world leaders reeling from this news of Navalny's death, Putin on the rise, as you mentioned earlier in the show, uh, and the idea that, some, that uh, someone who is cozying up to Putin every chance he gets might soon be back in the West Wing. So it, it, it sends a chill down the spines of many European leaders, obviously. So is he wrong to believe that Trump will send a chill down the spines of many European leaders? I mean, wouldn't we want America to be as strong to all our allies and adversaries? I mean, we've got a minute left. Finish it up for us. Look, President Trump got the European allies in NATO to ante up $100 billion that they otherwise would not have done. And if you really want to stop Vladimir Putin in his tracks, get the Europeans to donate, to contribute. They're exactly. not paying their fair share. They're freeloading. And I think when Donald Trump said that about NATO, he's trying to do shock therapy to say, pay attention, you guys. It is time for you to contribute to, to our mutual defense. I agree with everything you guys both said. I have to leave it there. Uh, Colonel Tony Schaefer, Katie McFarland, thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thanks, Michael. Popular radio host Charlemagne the God called out Democrats over their tactics. His message and more when we come back. I happen to believe Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. Trump's threat to democracy. We've seen it happen over and over and there's a pattern. Donald Trump is a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted. Fake news has been spewing that talking point again and again for the past few years, trying to scare not only their base, but the entire American population into voting against Trump. But Americans are, I think they're on to the scheme. Over the weekend, influential radio host Charlemagne the God sat down for an interview with ABC exposing the Democrat Party. The other problem is they've always done this with every single Republican candidate. 
since I've been alive, whoever the Republican presidential candidate has been, they've demonized. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's John McCain. It doesn't matter if it was, you know, Mitt Romney. It doesn't matter who it is. They right. will they will demonize the Republican candidate. And now that there's an actual legitimate threat right there in our faces, they're like the they're like the party who cried wolf. And there we have it. America truly is waking up to the absurdity of establishment media and the lies that they spew aimed at hurting Trump. The fake news is getting a serious wake-up call. Right now, we're joined by executive editor of Newsbusters, Curtis Houck, and Newsmax contributor, Chrissy Clark. Good evening to both of you. Welcome to Greg Kelly uh, Reports. Thanks, Michael. All right, Curtis, let's get into it. First to you, uh, will this interview resonate with Americans and force fake news to stop crying wolf when it comes to Republicans? Charlemagne is one of those contrarian voices that I think Democrats should listen to. He's always willing to tell them the truth. He's willing to be straight with them, basically saying, I'm one of you. I want you guys to succeed. But here are some things where you guys are clearly missing the boat. He's talked about this with the economy. He's just talked about how you know, the Democratic Party has been increasingly seen, correctly so, as out of touch in the elite right. based on the coastline. He needs to be concerned about people's well-beings, and Democrats continue to not listen to him. We'll see if it comes back to bite them in 2024. You know, Chrissy, uh, we all know that the established media hacks, you know, they're going to protect Joe Biden at all costs. And we'll go uh, after anyone who attempts to challenge that viewpoint. Here's the latest example. But Chair Comer, Marjorie Taylor Greene, all these people have taken and weaponized the committee to try to impeach Joe Biden for, I guess, being a father. All right. So he's done absolutely nothing wrong. He's just he's been a father. Yeah. I mean, the big thing that stood out for me in that segment, though, was the use of the word weaponization. I think you can talk about that clip and what Charlemagne the God was saying was along the lines of like we have just over-dramatized every single thing that is said out of our mouths. It's violence to say that there's men and there's women. It's weaponizing in uh, the world when you're con concerned about whether or not the president of the United States may have been taking bribes from foreign countries. I mean, there's just so much drama in the way that you speak about things, particularly race and democracy in America, which t tends to come from the left side of the aisle, to the point where you're like, is there even racism if everything's racism? Is there an end exactly. to democracy if everything's an end to democracy? Nothing can be taken seriously anymore. I agree with that. Curtis, we heard it when Hillary Clinton called Trump supporters deplorables. The bashing of Trump supporters never seems to end with the fake news. Take a listen to this. I'm not surprised, but I'm really disappointed that there are still so many people in this country who somehow see this person as a viable choice to be the Republican nominee for president of the United States. <laughs> when, when, when does it end? I mean, will Democrats ever realize that people like Trump, because he had good policies and was a strong leader, just a reminder, uh, blacks, Hispanics, women had the highest wage increases under Trump's economy. It's only gone down under Biden's. Yeah, I mean, Hillary Clinton also had that line in 2016 where she, like, screamed about why she's not up by, you know, 40, 50 points. She had that line where she completely out of touch. You know, people vote for all sorts of reasons. And for Congressman Benny Thompson there to just scoff at the idea that people would vote for their own pocketbook interests instead of, you know, these vague, you know, big esoteric and smart person things like to democracy and like, <laughs> exactly. you know, world order. You know, how dare people? 
people worry about their interests first because the reflection of the what they think about the world kind of starts with what's going on inside their home and right out in front of them. So people vote for Trump for all sorts of reasons. And also maybe if people are turning away from you, you might want to figure out why people are doing that instead of go on shows like Al Sharpton's, which I think is the show that he was on, and just completely you know, just loses noodle about why are people listening to me and my January 6th committee, for example. Unfortunately, I'm out of time, Chrissy. I promise I'm going to have you back. But Curtis Houck, Chrissy Clark, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Thanks. And don't go anywhere because we're going to be right back with more. He loves the Constitution. He fights for what's right. He hates the bad guys. He's a freedom warrior. He's your freedom warrior. Watch Carl Higby every weekday on Newsmax. We have some big news from Newsmax. We've been talking a lot about our Newsmax Plus new streaming service. We just launched it in November, and we already have over 200,000 signups. That's right. Over 200,000 Americans just like you signed up for Newsmax Plus. Why? Because they're tired of the old media. Remember, with Newsmax Plus, you can watch us anytime and anywhere. Plus, you get all your great shows, including Rob Schmidt, of course, Greg Kelly, Greta Van Susteren, Carl Higby, and much, much more. And you'll get all our great guests like Dick Morris, Carrie Lake, Mike Huckabee, Alan Dershowitz, and top experts. Newsmax Plus also gives you great shows, all of President Trump's rallies, movies, and documentaries. So here's the best thing. It doesn't cost you anything to start. So begin your free trial Go right now, today, tonight, right now, to NewsmaxPlus.com and turn on the real media you deserve. And that's all we have time for tonight. Thanks for watching Greg Keller Reports. Greg will be back tomorrow. Have a great evening.